What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Wake Before the Day podcast. This is Clark. And Bobby Jean. So glad you're here. Let's get started. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thanks for hopping on the podcast today. It's Wednesday, and uh, we got a special guest here. We have Uncle Ken, the Duke of Paramount, the, the Bishop of Los Angeles County, whether nicknames you go by. Maybe not, and I am excited because <laughs> I'm wearing a blue shirt today, my friends. It's not a white shirt. It's a blue shirt for this special day, so there you go. That's right, and so what we're going to do today is um, talk about briefly the end times and more so some of the sermons that are going to be coming up in the next couple of weeks. So what I did with Uncle Ken here is I just threw some questions at him saying, hey, the next couple of weeks we're going to be talking about end times, what's helpful for us to know as a church, Um, Today, people are bringing up lots of questions. Are we in the end times? When are the end times? There seems to be a cycle of this throughout culture. For me, I remember being a young boy with Y2K and everyone losing their mind when the year 2000 was going to hit. And there's this this pops up every couple years. So we're going to listen to the senior pastor here. And uh, so I guess the first question I asked you was, um, why are you excited to preach the end times the next couple weeks? Um, Well, first I'd say, uh, when you think of it as being a Christian, it's like we're excited. Christ came at Christmas. We celebrate. Christ died on the cross. We, we remember and celebrate and mourn and are glad. Christ rose at Easter. We celebrate. Christ ascended into heaven. We, we pause and we praise God. He reigns. Christ and the Father and Son gave the Holy Spirit at Pentecost. We stop and we celebrate and give praise and we focus on that. He also is coming again. Mm-hmm. So we celebrate Christ will return. Um, the second reason I think I'm excited about it is there's a lot of unhelpful things that get said. I'm an old guy now. I'm 61. And as I'm 61, I've heard just many people saying really silly things through my whole lifetime. So I'd like to uh, address uh Scripture passages helping us uh, try to be guided, I think, biblically and wisely and happily. And finally, um, there's hope-filled passages about the end times. So one of the main passages I'm going to hit is 1 Thessalonians 4. And Paul closes, giving this whole teaching on the end times. And he closes saying, therefore, encourage each other with these words. So when we give these scriptures, we're actually supposed to be encouraged when we hear the end time passages and not wigged out. Yeah, I think it might be helpful. You want to just read the, the maybe verse 13 through 18 or whatever it is you're going to be okay, focusing that'll, on? That'll be week two. So okay. this is the, the week two sermon is going to focus on these words. Uh, verse 13 of 1 Thessalonians 4 to 18. Brothers and sisters, we don't want you to be ignorant about those who fall asleep or to grieve like the rest of people who have no hope. We believe that Jesus died and he rose again, and we believe that God will bring with Jesus those who've fallen asleep in him. According to the Lord's own word, we tell you that we who are still alive, who are left till the coming of the Lord, we won't precede those who've fallen asleep, for the Lord himself will come down from heaven with a loud command, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet call of God. It's not going to be secret. And after that, we who are still alive will be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so we will be with the Lord forever. Hallelujah. Praise God. Encourage each other with these words. And so I'm going to unpack that in week two Mm -hmm. and celebrate it as good news, not weird news. (laughs) That's well said. So the Bible actually has probably multiple spots that talks about end times. If uh, there's a Christian who's interested in like, hey, Pastor Clark and Ken, I want to check this out. 
What other passages would you recommend they just check out and read themselves? Yeah, I'll walk you through. Um, the first thing I'd have them do, kind of surprisingly, I'd have them read First Thessalonians chapter 1 to 5 and just stop and notice how many times in that five chapters does Paul turn and say in different ways, Christ is coming again. Mm. So this book of the Bible that people don't think of as an end times book, five times, six times in that passage, it lifts up the end times. So that's going to be week number one. Week number two is going to be 1 Thessalonians 4. I'd encourage you to read 1 Thessalonians 4, 13 to 18. We'll unpack that. Here's a few other scriptures. I'd read Matthew 24 and Matthew 25. I'd read from the Old Testament, Daniel 7. Uh, in the Gospels, uh, in Matthew, I'd add chapter 13. So Matthew 13, 24, 25, or John 5. And in the Epistles, I'd read um, 1 Corinthians 15 as well. So kind of saying that tighter, 1 Thessalonians 1 to 5 then 1 Thessalonians 4, then why not do 1 Corinthians 15 and Matthew 24 and 25? Those are some scriptures I'd read getting ready for our series. No, that's really helpful. Uh, There's a really popular podcaster named Alan Parr. His podcast is called The Beat, if you're ever interested in looking something up. He's on YouTube and Spotify and the different places. He really focuses on Matthew 24. And what I appreciate, he has a really strong, deeply rooted biblical perspective and he talks about just out of Matthew 24, some of the signs that Jesus himself said would happen when he's going to come again. And he talks about it like childbirth because that's what the passage says. He says you have to look at frequency plus intensity. And as just like when a woman's about to give a baby, those childbirthing pains kick in harder and they come often. And it talks about how there'll be Christian persecution, Christian opposition, apostasy, which is people leaving the church, a growth in false prophets, an increase in wickedness, and that list goes on and on. And so some of these things have been present in our life since Genesis 3. It's just he's saying pay attention to really the frequency and intensity of them and just know that Jesus himself told us that no one knows the exact date he's going to be coming back. So it's not worth our time to fight over the exact date or year or time but more so focus on your relationship with Jesus and tell everybody else about him. So I guess like you said, Uncle Ken, you've been around here. Have there been other moments in history or your lifetime where you remember people kind of going nuts, going, what's happening, what's going on? Yep, so I'd, I'd just say with that question, during Jesus' day, Jesus talked to people about not wigging out about different things. Then Paul, obviously in Thessalonians, Paul, way back when, is mm-hmm. having to get people to get their head around, everybody calm down. The year 1000, uh, I wasn't around then, Clark, but in the, <laughs> year, one, but in the year 1000, uh, if you read church history, people are like, okay, the year 1000, he must be coming back then, right? Because they're playing off of the Revelation 20 symbolic passage of the thousand years. Yeah. The American cults, right? I'll skip naming even other names, but many of them had false teachings about end times. The 1900s, the world was coming to an end. Our, your grandpa, my father grew up in 1930s yeah. and 40s. All around his church was looked down upon because they weren't speaking enough about prophecies. They weren't doing the prophecy conferences. Everybody knew that Mussolini was the end coming out of Italy. Hitler was the end. Um, The 1980s, Ronald Wilson Reagan, 666. He was the end times then, Ronald Wilson Reagan. Now, 2000, Clark, in your time period, yep, the world's ending. It didn't end. 2020, uh, with President Trump, there was people... President Trump was the savior of the world, and then he became the Antichrist. He was at the same church yeah. because of their, their, I'll skip naming their theology, but their theology leads people to jumping all over the place. So to make a long story short, it's been going on for 2,000 years, and in my lifetime, it keeps happening. And in this past year, it was heightened again. Mm-hmm. And I remember thinking to myself when people were giving me the dates, you're going to 
kind of feel silly afterward and maybe I hope you learn let's not do that anymore. For sure. So like you mentioned, I think maybe once a week, a couple of times a month, we might check our email or have someone reach out. Usually it's with a good heart saying, hey, I'm wondering about end times and stuff. Sometimes people are a little anxious and making a big deal of it. So how would you pastorally encourage our listeners here? If someone comes up to them and says, it's the end times, it's you know President Trump or President Biden or this or that, or another thing is the Antichrist or the end times, how would you encourage us just to walk in this practically when we're having conversations with friends and family and, and uh, biblically even? I, I would encourage people, I'm not trying to, but they might join us for four weeks in our sermon series, mm-hmm. right? Just join in. And this week, Sunday, I'm actually going to do something that I didn't think of until time unfolded about the end times. I would tell them, read First Thessalonians 1 to 5, and then read the closing. You know how closing words are very important? Yeah. So Paul talks about end times six times in First Thessalonians. So you ask, what do I do? Is it the end? Is it the end? Yeah. Here's what Paul says in First Thessalonians 5. After talking about the end times, he says this, be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. This is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Don't Mm. treat prophecies with contempt. Test everything. Hold on to the good. Avoid every kind of evil. And he says, may God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus. The one who calls you is faithful. He will do it. Let me translate that in 30 seconds. Yeah, please do. do What do you do? Be joyful, pray, and give thanks. What don't you do? Don't put out the Spirit's fire. Gather with other Christians and keep growing in the Lord. What is already done, he's going to sanctify you, believer. He's going to sanctify you through and through. So don't follow the means of grace. Be joyful, be praying, giving thanks. Gather with the people of God, grow in the Lord, live for Jesus. He's going to come back 12,000 years from now or the next three minutes. All is good news for those in Christ Jesus. Awesome. Well, hey, want to say thank you again for taking time out of your week, listeners, uh, for diving in the Word, worshiping with us at Emmanuel, and to those of you who are in different cities, different states, even different countries, uh, it's just an honor to spend time with you. Just a little foreshadowing as to where we're going this week. We're going to keep reading the book of Acts, and so uh, for those of you following the Emmanuel reading plan, keep digging into that book. It's awesome, especially right after Easter. It's resurrection. The Holy Spirit's been poured out, and that timeline just follows where we are you know, with our timeline being in April post-Easter. Next week, Bobby, Jean, and I will be back to the Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and we're going to be focusing actually on the Old Testament, looking at First uh, and Second uh, Samuel. So we hope you'll join us then, okay? As always, if you're looking for a place to worship, we'd love to have you at Emmanuel on Sunday. God bless you all. Have a great week. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn His countenance towards you and give you His peace. Have a great day.